This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hope that this month is where 2020 turns around, huh, gang? You think? You never know. Fingers crossed. Um, I got some uh, good news, bad news about uh, coronavirus here. I mean, after the weekend we had, we could all use some good news, unfortunately. There is a little bad to go along with it. But let's focus on the good news here. Let's start with that. Costco is bringing back free samples this month. Oh, sweet. Yeah. When the (laughs) pandemic started, Costco had to uh, pull its famous free samples for safety reasons. Uh, They're coming back. The chief financial officer of Costco says they're going to be returning sometime in the middle of the month. They're going to be a little different, though. He didn't give specifics, but he says it's not going to be just a free-for-all where you go and pick up an open sample with your fingers. But isn't that great? Costco is bringing back free samples, and some monkeys uh, attacked a lab employee and stole some coronavirus uh, samples and escaped. But Costco is bringing back Sorry, free wait. samples. What was that? What was that? Kind of skimmed over? Free samples. At Costco. No, no, no. No, I heard that part. There was monkeys stealing. What did they steal? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some uh, some monkeys in India attacked a lab employee, <laughs> stole blood samples of patients who had tested positive for coronavirus. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> what? How about those little, those little pieces of cheese, pierogies? You know, yeah. Walking around, doing some browsing, getting a little toothpick in a pizza pocket. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> no, Costco's no, no, that's nice. Got the sample's coming back. That's nice. I'm worried about the Planet of the Apes-style revenge the monkeys are plotting. What is going on here? <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> what are monkeys going to do with vials of coronavirus blood? <sighs> They're clever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. They may, they yeah, may they... rise up and take over the planet, but okay. We'll be... One, one learned sign language. One learned how to ride a tank. One knows how to drive a tank. That's fine. Yeah, they're riding horses now. <laughs> they're riding horses, but uh, you know we can uh, we can go to Costco and get a free little uh, treat. They've learned where the safety is on the AR-15s, but free cheese. Mm. Free cheese at Costco. <laughs> Focus on the positive here, people. <laughs> we, wow. uh, yeah, that's a true story, by the way. It's like, what both, is real life anymore? true stories. I know. Uh, I know. Both unbelievable. Coronavirus monkeys move over murder hornets. <laughs> <laughs> You probably saw over the weekend that the first private company has put human beings into orbit. SpaceX launched astronauts Bob and Doug into space. Elon Musk calling it, quote, the first step on a journey towards a civilization on Mars. Bob and Doug, after they uh, they made it into outer space, had a 19-hour rocket flight to the International Space Station. They arrived there yesterday morning. And this is huge for us, Jim. We uh, we have to thank our engineering department who was able to set this up for us. Of course, the folks at SpaceX 
and at NASA for making this possible. But we have a direct link yes. to SpaceX astronauts Bob and Doug this morning. Guys, can you hear us? Okay. Uh, good day. Good day. How's it going, eh? It's going good. It's going good. How are you guys? How are things at the International Space Station? Okay. Excuse me. <laughs> nice one, eh? Sorry. Oh, beauty. I like to apologize. <laughs> no, no problem. Okay. Don't apologize to us. Early. Yeah. <laughs> do whatever you got to do up there. Uh, hey, wh- what uh, What would you like to tell everyone back here on Earth, Bob and Doug? We have to say a few things. Go ahead. Okay. Eh? First of all, like, we're here, eh, and uh, we got the Coleman and, uh, and uh, the spatula and the back bacon's frying up, and, we, and we're here with some cold ones, and uh, no one can see us, eh? So, like, you don't even know if we're nude, eh? You can't see us, right? <laughs> no, actually, we can see you. There's cameras all over the space station. Us and, and millions of other people can see you, Bob and Doug. Um, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> no problem, guys. Okay, look at me now. Oh, no, just look at me. Don't look at him. <laughs> oh, get out. Zoom in on me. No, no. You can look. How's it going? It's me, Doug. Okay. Good day, everyone. Okay, zoom out. Now look at Ho's head. <laughs> guys, wow. is there anything you want to tell us about your experience? Uh, that rocket flight was insane. You guys flying up there. And now to be on the International Space Station has got to be a huge thrill. Imagine, there he is. There's Ho's head. Yeah. With no clothes on. Yeah. Right, and what about you? He's really built, eh? <laughs> Get out. Oh, come on. Okay, we're not nude. We could be nude. Right. <laughs> Hello, guys. Can they can they even hear us, Jim? I th- Hello? I think so. Bob and Doug? No. Uh, I guess we lost the connection. <sighs> you know, Taz, that's probably why they give astronauts tang and not cold ones, usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're mixing a little Molson in with their with their <laughs> tang. It sounds like up there, Bob and Doug, a uh, couple of couple of astronauts in outer <laughs> space right now. An honor to have them on the show, and it was pretty amazing to see them launch in that SpaceX rocket on the weekend. Stage one tanks pressing for flight. T minus fifteen seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. Four, three, two, one. Zero. Ignition. Take off, eh? Take off. To the great white road. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Protests continue to rage on through the United States. Uh, the the straw that broke the camel's back. The um, the the match that started the uh, the tension was. Uh, police officer in Minnesota who killed an unarmed black man, George Floyd, by kneeling on his neck. He has been charged with third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter as of Friday. Uh, Things just really seem to escalate quickly over the weekend. And we've got uh, Molly Pretty from uh, Minneapolis on the phone with us. Good morning, Molly. Good morning, guys. Molly is my cousin. She lives in Minneapolis. She's been on the show before under uh, much better circumstances, but we thought we'd, we'd get you on here, Molly, 
and just talk about what it, what it was like to be in that city over the past four or five days. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty wild, honestly. I never thought I'd be living in a city with you know a government imposed curfew during a pandemic, during an uprising against the police. But here we are. Um, I live about five blocks from where George was murdered, and um, it's been really hard to watch the neighborhood go through it. And it started just, you know, we went up and visited just after uh, his death, and it was a really peaceful protest. And then the protest just, you know, grew, and anger grew, and the police took a step back, and it was kind of chaotic here for a few days fires and um there was looting and fires and just you know some vandalism and it's just been a really intense expression of anger are the fires and the looting is it as widespread in minneapolis as it, it appears to the rest of us on television and on the internet yeah there's been a lot of damage um and um what we've been doing uh, as people sort of white people on the margins out here, um, we've been trying to help where we can with um, a lot of the businesses that were burned um, or are boarded up and just not open because they're worried about their glass shattering or being looted. They mm-hmm. serve a population that either can't get to other stores or, um, you know, it, it, some folks don't have cars and can't get around. So, People are trying to bring food and diapers and, you know, wipes to those areas of town where maybe they don't have them anymore because it was pretty intense, the destruction yeah. was, but um, it's well, been really interesting. You, you, are, you are white, uh, you know, and yeah. you are, you're in the middle of this. Clearly, it is, it is anger that is built up in the black community, and I know you want right. to do what you can to support is that support welcomed by the black community, your black friends and your black neighbors, or is there uh, their pushback? Because we've seen also that there have been white people who have been escalating the violence. And oh, the, uh, for sure. Yeah, and um, I'm not out after dark, so I can't tell you. Um, but uh, anytime I've gone to a protest or shown up with food or marched alongside you know, my black neighbors, it's been very welcome. The help has been very welcome, and it's not even, you know, necessarily help. It's support and, um, you know, a white body to put between the police and our black neighbors and help keep people safe because my body is treated differently, and that's my privilege, and I know how to use it. Did the arrest of Derek Chauvin, did that help calm things down at all? Is there a sense of relief in the community in Minneapolis that he is behind bars, or is the anger just so great that it hasn't changed anything? Well, I think, I think that was a good, a good first step, and people cheered when, when they heard, and it was, it was good news. But now the, the question after that immediately was, well, what about the other three who were there? And so it just is sort of this, you know great, you know, you're a quarter of the way, is how people are feeling. We've got Molly Pretty uh, on the phone. She lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota. What's next? So what does today have in store for your city? Today, the last couple of nights have been pretty intense with uh, National Guard presence. So, you know, you'll hear Black Hawk helicopters um, 
all through the night and through the evening as we hit curfew. Um, things seem to be calming down as far as like burning and looting just because of that military presence. So I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what the next few days hold. If you've got a question, ask a lawyer, ask a lawyer, a question about custody or a neighbor. Ask a lawyer, ask a lawyer. Yes, Ian Snedden is a partner with Cohen Highly Lawyers, and he joins us here with Taz and Jim. Good morning, Ian. Hey, good morning, Taz. Good morning, Jim. Morning. Did you just hang up? I just heard something. Ian, you there? Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Juan is calling Ian back, yeah. I'm telling you, you well, ever che- does your cheek ever hang up on your cell phone for you, Taz? When you put it up to your face, I've had it's it, touch screen. I've had it mute. Definitely, my face has uh, muted the phone, and I go into like some long, you know, discussion and realize yeah. I'm talking to myself. Okay. Well, the reason we want to get Ian on here is, uh, well, we're going to take some calls and, and take your questions in a, in a couple minutes, but uh, I wanted to ask him about some of the legal ramifications about the protests down in the United States. had some questions about that for him. And I believe we're reconnected here with Ian. Hello? We are. Yeah, I'm here. There we go. I got the, I got the okay. pride of Mitchell and the pride of Fanshawe right here. <laughs> okay, Ian, let's talk about uh, down in the States, obviously. Uh, lawyers going to be very busy. You saw a lot of lawyers over the weekend posting on social media that if peaceful protesters are arrested, they would work for them pro bono. When a lawyer works pro bono like that, is it, uh, it does it completely just it, it's free, or what are the ramifications of working pro bono for clients? Yeah, so it's free. That's, uh, that's I guess, the Latin term, I think. But, uh, yeah, pro bono and, and uh, lawyers are expected to work for free in certain situations. So, um, yeah, that's what it means, and that's what they'll be doing. And in this case, um, with, with the protesters, depending who they are, I suppose it'll be like a CNN reporter was arrested. I don't know if you saw that or heard that, yeah. but... Uh, Oh, it's crazy to see what was going on with the reporters, man, like getting shot with rubber bullets, being taken into custody. It seemed to be happening all over uh, through the weekend. Yeah, you and Jim thought your job was tough. But, uh, yeah, that would be Mad respect for those reporters. Yeah, absolutely. Are you you expected, when you're a lawyer, are you expected to work a certain number of pro bono cases a year, or is it something that is completely up to a lawyer? Like they get to decide when um, they want to work for free and when they want to get paid. Yeah, there are no no actual requirements, but we are encouraged to do so. Oh, you know, sometimes though, a lawyer will get paid though, even if they are working pro bono. If there's a payout, a lawsuit or something like that, you know, a lot of people will work pro bono, and then if there's a payout, they get a cut, right? Well, so Jim, that's more of a contingency fee. So most okay. uh, personal injury lawyers, they'll they'll take a case. They don't get paid up front, but they get paid at the end. But pro bono means okay. purely for free. Okay. 
Something else I wanted to ask you about, Ian Sneddon's a, a partner with Cohen Highly Lawyers. Um, the police officer who killed George Floyd, he was charged with third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter on Friday night. Uh, it came out on Saturday that his wife would be divorcing him, and some people were speculating as to the motivation of that, uh, saying that it may be to protect some of their financial assets from a civil lawsuit. Is that something that happens commonly, where if if someone is a, a partner or a spouse is arrested, the, they will get a divorce just to protect themselves from, from the civil side of things? Uh, that's a great question. I'm, I'm just actually thinking that through like right now. I, I can't answer for um, U.S. law because it's state law. Um, he was in Minnesota, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm not familiar with the law there, but if it was Ontario, it wouldn't matter, but she wouldn't certainly be, um, bound by his wrongdoing, which I think 99% of people see as something really, really horrific. Um, it wouldn't make a difference in Ontario. Um, I can understand why. So, so the family, the family of the victim could go after the money even if they got a divorce after the fact. They could still go after the money even though it was with the, the ex-spouse. Um, in Ontario, that's true. Yeah. His, his yeah. money, whatever he has, his pension, um, right. that kind of stuff. Now, what if what if your spouse is charged with a crime like this, like a, a terrible crime, and they're sent to jail? If you get a divorce, do you then do you have a better chance of getting more of of the collected uh, uh, money and assets that you've you've uh, accumulated over the marriage? Um, in Ontario, no, it doesn't make any difference. So we we went through. Uh, I want to say we. I wasn't even born then, but uh, in Ontario, we went through the process of basically no-fault divorce. Um, so Even if you I mean, murdered a guy, there's no-fault divorce. Right. I feel like that'd yeah. be grounds yeah. for divorce. <laughs> it, it, right, so yeah, it, and it's like if if your spouse is in prison, you you don't get all the money? No, no, you don't. Um, I'm trying to think of a claim you could make, but... So until the 60s, there were only two grounds for divorce, which was cruelty or adultery. And then um, in Ontario, anyway, it's uh, one year of uh, separation with no reasonable prospect of of um, reconciling or cohabiting. That's crazy. That's crazy. I have a quick question well, here. You see on movies all the time where, like especially mob or gangster movies, that the wife can't you know, go to court and... Uh, whatever the word is against her husband, testify uh, against testify her against her husband. Is that true, or is that just a crazy urban legend? No, that is true. There is something called uh, uh, marriage privilege, so that you can't compel uh, a spouse to testify against another spouse. It doesn't mean they can't testify, but they can't be forced to testify. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or 
subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.